Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God in the highest. Worthy is the Lamb of God. Truly our God is great beyond our wildest thinking and imaginations. Our God is just awesome. Beyond description, there is no one like him. Keep that in mind as we continue to move forward in our journey and our relationship with him. Even in those times of loneliness or feeling disconnected or confusion, that we serve a great God, a great God, a great God. Praise the Lord. You may have your seats and you may get yourself comfortable. I'd like to take the moments that I have to be able to share with you a, a sermon that I think will hopefully bless you and encourage you. And let me first tell you where this sermon comes from and what I want to try and accomplish tonight with the help of the Holy Spirit in our lives and in our midst here and also there in your home. And that is, I know that we have been going through months and months and months of uh, this COVID uh, 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 visiting us and affecting so many people and, uh, and covering our country. And uh, the scientists are telling us that, you know, we still have a way to go and that we're riding a difficult wave at this moment uh, where it's predicting that the numbers would probably increase. And, uh, and this will at least keep going through the, uh, through the end of this year and springtime and probably even through next summer. And there's an uncertainty about uh, the course that this horrible uh, COVID-19 is taking. We know for sure that there is an end moment for it. It's not going to last forever. But I believe that God is speaking to us, and certainly he has been laying upon me, that we need to be prepared for marching forward and to be standing and marching forward once this thing is over. We need to use this time in preparation and further developing ourselves uh, because we're seeing people being affected organizationally. The economy is upside down. Uh, even churches right now are contemplating closing down because of things happening. Uh, but I believe that God has placed a heavy burden on our church ministry, and certainly I feel the weight of it. And that is to continue to equip our people and continue to equip leadership so that once this is over, we won't start to be prepared. Rather, we will be prepared that we can hit the ground running uh, just as we did when 9-11 happened and our church was spearheading that, just when uh, right after the uh, Hurricane Sandy event that took place, that when all that horrible wave and, and, uh, and horrible uh, acts of terrorism ended, we had a group of men and women that were ready to take up the baton and continue moving ministry forward. Remember that the time to be able to move forward uh, or to be prepared it is not when things end. You need to be working on that all the time. Even though we can't meet, even though we can't function the way we have normally over the last months, and, uh, but nonetheless, we can still prepare. So this sermon is really launching from that, that point of view. I've titled it, Is There Another? Is There Another? It really is a, a question that is posed, and I find it in Second Kings, the narrative there in chapter 4, verses 1 through 7. A story that is familiar to some, and if not, then I'll, may, I'll help you uh, familiarize yourself with it. But it's really a story about uh, a need that was going on in a, in a home. Uh, the importance to have oil flowing because oil during that period uh, served many, many purposes. And how the prophet of the Lord came and uh, was searching to find vessels to fill. And that's where the context of the theme comes out. Is there another? In fact, 
when he was filling the vessels with oil and there was, he was saying, fill them and we put, we'll put them aside, there came a point when he, when he ran, out of, they, they ran out of vessels and he said, is there not another? Is there another vessel to fill? And based on that idea from 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 1 through 7, is that I want to launch today to just touch on a few items that I think will help us uh, to uh, be prepared, not just in leadership in the sense of organization, but also to be a better parent, a better spouse, uh, a better teacher, a better student, a better person, a better neighbor, uh, so that when this wave is over, we will be already prepared to march forward and help others get back on their feet. Remember that there's a big task before us, and that's we need to heal our land. We'll be praying about this over the next, this coming weekend. We need to be the agents to help heal our land, heal the church, heal families. And I'm not talking about physical healing, to get ourselves back after this battering that has happened, uh, particularly with this uh, 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 pandemic that has affected us. And so the passage, let me read the passage, and then I'm just going to highlight some points that I think will apply to us today from this text. The wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, cried out to Elisha the prophet, your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that he revered the Lord. But now his creditor is coming to take my two boys and his, as his slave. Verse 2, Elijah replied to her, how can I help you? Tell me what you have in your house. Your servant has nothing there at all, she said, except for a small jar of olive oil. And sometimes we don't value the little things, the things that appear little that we have that God wants to make big. She said, all that I have. In other words, I've ran out of everything. The only thing remaining is a small jar of olive oil. The prophet Elijah said, go around. And ask your neighbors for empty jars. And don't ask for a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and and your sons. Pour oil into all the jars. From the small ones she had, pour oil into all the jars. And as each is filled out, put it to the side. Verse 5. She left him and shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her and she kept pouring. Verse 6, when all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another. That's where the theme comes from. Bring me another. But her son replied, there is not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God, and he said, go sell the oil and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left. I want you to notice in verse 3 that the command was to go around and ask your neighbors for empty jars. And I want to talk about that for a moment. Empty jars. Jars that are no longer used or jars that are no longer usable. Because if somebody has an empty jar and they're going to use it, they don't readily give it away to anybody so that they can use. They hold on to it. So when they went around and asked for empty jars from their neighbors and not to ask for a few and they got them, the, 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 the teaching there comes out is that they were empty and no longer being used for anything, wasted there on the side. Oftentimes we feel that way. We feel that our time is past or this burden is too heavy for me to bear or the mistake that I met, made before, I'm still suffering the consequences. Therefore, I cannot be any longer. It's, it's a jar that is empty. It is a jar that was used at one time 
But now it is just discarded to the side for whomever needs it. We need to realize, uh, come to face to face with that reality and begin to work to diffuse that in our lives. We can't allow our lives to be defined by the mistakes that we made in the past. One of the things about the wonderful things about the gospel is that the gospel allows us to restart. It allows us to be redeemed. And redeemed, that term redeemed means to add value again to something that didn't have value. And here we see that they were commanded to go and ask the neighbors for empty jars and to ask for many, and the neighbors get, uh, gave them to, to them. Get empty vessels, vessels that no longer, you may not be valuable to someone else, but you're valuable in the kingdom of God. You might not have been used by anybody else, but God is ready to pour out the oil into your life and use you for his glory. We need to prepare for that. So when this pandemic is over, we will be ready to get our marching orders from the, from the Lord and move forward as a mighty, powerful army. I want you to look at with me also at, at, at the other part of that verse 3. And that's that there were many vessels to be filled based on their capacity. Look at the, how the verse reads. Go around, ask the neighbors for empty vessels. Don't ask for a few. And go forward and then shut the door and then start pouring oil and, 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 and pour the oil depending on how much they can hold. And the teaching here is the following. Please stop comparing yourself to someone else. Uh, you're uniquely made. God has uniquely fashioned you. Yes, we need to work on expanding our capacity. Let God do that expansion. But not compare ourselves to someone else. You're the best you that God ever created. You're the best representation of who God wants you to be. Sure, we have quirks and things to work on, and we have a temperament that has to constantly be uh, 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 adjusted, and, and those things are true. And look at here. It says that there were many vessels, but they were filled based on their capacity. Not all the vessels were the same size. Not all the vessels were the same age. Not all the vessels were the same shape. But nonetheless, each was filled. If you look closely at the, uh, the studies that Paul gives or the teachings that come out of Paul's and to the Corinthians, uh, the, the Holy Spirit comes upon us based on our capacity to be able to hold what God has given us. So every gift is important. Some gifts get more attention because they're in the public eye. But every gift is important and every vessel is important. And I want to encourage you today that God will fill your life based on your capacity. We need to use this time as we're waiting for uh, this horrible pandemic to end and this season to end, we need to start increasing our capacity and working on being more uh, 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 acceptable to God in all the ways that we can because God wants to fill us completely. Uh, uh, one doesn't have it all. One, all of the oil did not fit, fit, in, uh, fit in one vessel, but rather they were spread among, among many. That's what God does. And I, and I believe that God does that because imagine if you have a person that thinks that they know it all, that they have it all. Uh, very shortly thereafter, they'll start thinking they're their God. They'll start thinking that no one else is necessary. But God gives gifts and hands out gifts and bestows gifts based on what he wants to do and our capacity to be able to hold that. God uh, doesn't want it all poured into one individual, verse 3. Verse 4, uh, when it says, go in and... and uh, uh, go behind the door, shut the door, and your sons pour oil, uh, pour oil into all the jars and each one, and then put them aside. I, I want you to stop here for a moment. Each vessel, once they were filled, 
was put aside. In other words, they needed to stand alone in the corner, in the side, because there was no, no longer a moment for the woman to be pouring any more additional oil. What, what do I get from that that I think is important? We have to stop asking God, did you really call me? He already filled you. Stand on your own two feet. We have to stop going back to God and say, were you serious about what you told me in my life that I was going to do? And we keep spending a cycle of year in and year out asking God what he already told us he's going to do in our lives. And I believe the setting aside of the vessel for me signifies the following. It's already filled. It's put aside because there's no more filling needs to be done. You need to be standing on your own two feet. It's amazing to me how leaders oftentimes, and not just leaders, people, they constantly need to be depending on somebody to help them make it through. And that's good. You know, that's, that's healthy. That's part of what we do. But it can't be all the time. It, it can't be all the time. You know, churches, church buildings have been closed forever. Your walk with God should have not gotten weaker. Should not just because we can't congregate? No. It should actually be getting stronger the way it's been all before. My, my walk with the Lord has not weakened. It's been more awkward. It's more, been more uh, challenging because it's not, it isn't the way we used to be able to gather and worship and hug and, and all of that and call prayer meetings together and intercede for one another and put our shoulder on somebody and pray with them. Of course, it's different. But, but the quality and the depth of your walk with God should be getting stronger every single day regardless of what's going on around us. The vessel was put aside. There was no longer to pour any more oil. It was filled to capacity. It was given what it was needed to be given. Nothing more. You need to realize in your life that's the way it is. What you have is what you need. Stop going back and forth to see, God, do you really want to use me? The answer is yes. God, do you really want me to go there? Yes, the, the, the answer is yes. He already did that. Learn to stand alone, to be filled and stand alone. I also learned from this passage, not only... Uh, get many vessels, uh, those that are now no longer used. Not only vessels need to be filled individually based on their ability to hold the oil, and not only that, that they need to be filled and then set aside so they can stand on their own, but the prophet then also says, or, or in the passage it says, uh, uh, go get another one. Bring me another one, the woman said to her son. Bring, find. He went, and in the, in the text it suggests this, she, uh, the son went and found all that were available, but there was still room for more. And I want to encourage those of you that have been waiting on the sidelines, those of you that are even newcomers to us, the Lord is looking to fill more people with giftings and abilities. The Lord, is, the Lord wants to, those gifts to rise to the surface. We need to look again at the audience and the crowds that we have. And people that were disqualified before, all of a sudden God brings them and they could very well be qualified to do amazing things. People that perhaps in the, in the, in the past were because of their own, whatever it might be, they stifled their own growth. But this is a new day. And I think we need to look, and this is what I try to do as often as I can as I pastor this church. Look at people with a, with a redemptive eye. Let's start over again. Let's try this again. Let's try another. Let's hit reset. Let's see if we can begin all over again. And that is not just for me. I think it relates to all of us. Parents do that with their kids. When the kids make mistakes, you hit the reset and you start over again. I'm here to tell you that God is, look, just as the woman said, bring me another one. 
God is looking for another one. God is looking for another leader. God is looking for another man, woman, young person, and even a child to continue developing them moving forward. We have to be aware, regardless of the generational pocket that you fall in. I'm a baby boomer, but I, the, the, the church is not going to be led by baby boomers forever. We're going to go on. We need to look at the younger generations, at younger people that perhaps rough around the edges don't have all, but in the core, there's some raw material that we can use to build upon. We need to look at that, and we need to look at it now because once this calamity is over, we need to be ready to move forward as a powerful army with a group of men and women that will march forward to bring healing to the land. That's what we need to do, and we can't forget that. The prophet was still seek. I mean, the, the woman was still seeking another vessel to fill. Yes, the story tells us no more oil, no more vessels to fill, but the yearning to be able to find other vessels to fill is, is primary in the heart of God, primary in, the, in this church as well. We realize that the people that are leading today were not here when this church started 70-plus years ago. No, and we need to be ready. Also, the skill set that you need. When we were going through 9-11, we didn't have the, the, the technology available to us, so there was no need for that at that moment. And look at what's going on with the pandemic. What we didn't need back then, almost 20 years ago, because it's 19 years already, this coming year we'll celebrate 20 year, 20th anniversary or memorial of the 9-11 event. That wasn't needed back then, but thank God that here we're facing this pandemic, but we're able to come to you through technology. People that might not have even been born when we were facing 9-11, all of a sudden, vessels to fill. When I look at the children of our church, I always look and see, Lord, what potential there is in there? What, what is the gifting you're bringing to this family, to this church, to this community that we need to come alongside and pour into them and develop them to their fullest potential? So she, she said, is there not an, another, jar, another jar left? And it says that the oil then stopped flowing. Look at me at verse 7 and then with this one, then I, I mean, verse 7 which will be my fifth point, and we'll close. So she went out and told the man of God, and he said, go and sell the oil and pay your debt. You and your son can live on what is left. Well, look at this. This is powerful here, because this one teaches me that there's a big reward for being obedient. And the reward doesn't come from government, doesn't come from organizations, doesn't come from economy. The reward comes from God. And when God rewards... He really knows how to reward. And when God gives and pays and, and encourages and, and blesses, my goodness, does he know how to do that. It says that because she was obedient, she was told the following. Look, what's left? Because this story starts out with the problem was that the creditors were coming to harass her. That's what the, how this story started, right? Look at how it ends. Now she does obediently what she was told to do, let her son to fill the vessels as she was told to do. And because of that obedience, verse 7 tells us that her initial plea for paying the, the, the creditor is satisfied because of her obedience. Now look, 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 I don't understand God's math. I don't understand, God's, uh, God, I don't understand uh, how God works out in his economy. It just doesn't make sense. But I just know and I've lived that by being obedient to him, God rewards and takes care of it better than you and I can ever take care of ourselves. And so it says here in the story that he told her now, after this journey of obedience, sell the oil that's left. Sell the oil that you fill in all those jars. And what you do is pay your debt. And because you're moving in obedience, then the blessing is not just going to flow to you. But look at it says, you and your sons can live 
on what is left. And that speaks to me about the generational blessings of God. As I remain faithful, God will bless my sons. God will bless my grandchildren. God will bless my extended family. As I remain faithful and obedient to God over this pulpit and this church ministry, God is going to bless this congregation, bless their children, the ones that are born, the ones that are not yet born. God will bless them. I want to encourage you for the sake of future generations, for the sake of your, your future seed, be faithful and obedient to God. Even if the situation is not prime and, uh, prime and proper and co- totally correct, and even when your kids are not even with you, for whatever decisions and consequences of decisions, you remain faithful to God, and God will find another vessel to fill. And God will honor your obedience by providing for you and your loved ones. Why don't we pray? Father, I thank you for the opportunity I have to share with my brothers and sisters, to the church and our friends that join me today, on this teaching that, Lord, encourages us to prepare, to be ready. COVID is not going to be with us till eternity. It will end. But we can't wait till that moment when it ends to then start getting ready. We need to get ready now. Because there's a major task, a cleanup task, a healing task that we have to embark on together. And I know that there are men and women, young people, children, Lord, in our ministry that have incredible potential and have been on the sidelines. You're looking for another jar to fill. Help us to see that. And that man, that woman, that young person that feels the convicting power of the Holy Spirit in their lives, that they should be saying yes, that they should align toward obedience, that they should uh, look to uh, following what you have instructed them to do. Quicken in their hearts, Lord. Confirm that in their lives. Let them be filled with courage to be able to be obedient to you. I thank you, dear Lord. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. God bless you richly as we sing a song of worship before the Lord today.